Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is seven minutes after nine o'clock, and this this uh, murder scene that we've been hearing about uh, from Idaho, the students that were killed. Uh, I had a conversation yesterday with uh, an acquaintance. Her name is Dr. Carol Lieberman, and she is a, a forensic psychiatrist. And in fact, she was quoted in a Newsweek uh, article saying that she believed that the murderer was an incel uh, that's involuntarily celibate. Uh, somebody said that it would be uh, like a guy who was so charismatically challenged that he couldn't have a relationship with a girl. He just and he, and, he, and they get angry uh, and they and they they get enraged. And that's what she thinks is going on. Uh, she's not the only one. But I've got a bunch of questions because I really, I don't understand um, how this could have happened the way it's been you know, told to us. Here's the thing. First, uh, unless you've got a knife with a big hilt on it, something to keep your hand from sliding down the blade once you start stabbing blood gets all over everything and the knife becomes really slippery and your hand will slide down on the blade you'll cut your fingers you're going to leave dna secondly whoever did this had to have been covered in blood so there you know there should be some kind of footprints or something giving, you know, some kind of clues to what's going on. Then there, there's the, the, the two people sleeping downstairs. Uh, they didn't hear a thing. You'd think stabbing four people, somebody would have made enough noise in the midst of the struggle uh, or the pain to be heard. And then further confusing things, is that they went, you know, they saw these people and there's allegedly blood everywhere and thought they were just asleep or unconscious. How does that happen? And the police are saying, no, the two sleeping downstairs have been eliminated. They're not part of the problem. You know, they're, they're, they're not allegedly, you know, the perpetrators of this crime. And if they were, you would think they too would be covered in blood. Their, you know, footprints would have led back to their room. Uh, they would have looked for clothes that were covered in blood that uh, were being washed. Or, you know, if they took a shower, I, I would guess they would be looking for blood uh, uh, in the shower or the bathtub or the sink. So it, it gets really confusing. Adding to this is the... Uh, assertion that it was the party house. People would leave the patio door open. Everybody knew they could get in that way. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking for theories. How do, you, how do you not wake up to, the, to a multiple murder scene with a knife? I'm sure these people must have screamed in, in, in pain. How did that happen? How did they not wake up downstairs? How do they not realize it's been a murder with all that blood all over the place? How does somebody get out of that, that house without leaving a, a trail? 
I don't know. It's, it's all really confusing to me. So I thought I would throw it out there and see if you had any theories. We're not the police department. We're probably not going to solve the crime. But it, there are so many curious things about the way this happened. Uh, and then there's this uh, one view of the house. In fact, I'll tell you, uh, Randy Tobler, who uh, hosts our afternoon show here in Columbia and down in Jeff, uh, he's the first one to show me this uh, picture of the house. There's so much blood, it's literally outside the window. It's outside, running down the the outside of the house. Really, really peculiar story. And you got the FBI, you got the state police, you got the local police. Everybody's looking into this. They're looking for cameras up and down the street uh, and on the path uh, that, that they suspect was taken for the rides home. They're saying it's it's not the guy. It's not whoever dr- brought dropped the girls off at home. Uh, somehow they've cleared that person. I don't know. It's it's just a, it's a real mystery to me. Brian, do you have any theories on any of this? I have no idea. I just know that uh, when I watch those uh, crime series, what is it called? The uh, first forty-eight. Yeah. The investigations sometimes take you know months, years before they even get the faintest of clue. And then they finally are able to put the puzzle together. But in this case, I mean, they have nothing. No murder weapon, no um, cameras showing anybody fleeing the scene. I mean, for all we know, this person could have been on foot. We don't know. I mean, they have got absolutely nothing, at least that they're telling us. I'm sure they're holding back some details uh, because that's what they do. They hold back some details. So if, uh, you know, they capture somebody and they mention some detail that wasn't released to the press, they go, aha, only the murderer would have known that. You know, I've even read uh, some stories about a socially awkward neighbor that they have spoken to. And people are pointing at him as being a possibility as being involved in this. And he says, no, I didn't do it. I have nothing to hide. I'm willing to give DNA, fingerprints, whatever they need. And uh, it's... It's crazy. It's really baffling. It's like it's like somebody beamed them in there on a Star Trek episode yes. and then beamed them out. Uh, and the noise thing that just that really bothers. Yeah, me. How come one of the persons wouldn't have woken up during the uh, crime? Yeah, I mean, how do you silence two people at the same time? Know. Could it have been more than one person? I don't know. Um, and motive. I don't know. Yeah, uh, they literally have nothing. The the only thing they've got is uh, uh, the same as uh, Carol Lieberman's uh, thing that uh, it's it's an incel, an involuntarily uh, celibate person. Because uh, apparently, yeah, how do they jump to that? You know, those type of individuals are quite strange. I admit, but you know, just to well, here's how what do they Carol, arrive at that conclusion. Here's what Carol told me, and it's in Newsweek too. Uh, she is confident that the slayings were not a random attack or the work of a serial killer. She said the multiple stabbings and bloody mess are signs that it was personal and that the killer was enraged. Um, and apparently these students were the, quote, epitome of good looks, success, and self-confidence. Uh, at least that's the way it seemed to their classmates and others in town. So there would have been a lot of envy and jealousy toward them. She said the killer could be someone 
who felt rejected by one of the victims, perhaps some would-be suitor of Kaylee uh, uh, and Madison, uh, who felt that the girls were out of their league, felt rejected, whether they had approached them or just looked on from afar. And apparently the, the, the incels have names for the guys and gals that, uh, that, uh, that they're upset with. Uh, Stacy's the name that they give girls that uh, they believe would look down on them and refuse uh, to date or have sex with them. Uh, and there's a name for the guys, too, and I don't remember what it is. But that's, that's kind of where she is at on this. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely baffled by the lack of information that they have. Uh, by the way, uh, you can... Um, you can contact me at GaryNolan.com or call 874-9390 or 800-529-5572. Any ideas? Any thoughts? How and this they're could still have been convinced that uh, nobody in the house had anything to do with it, right? Yeah, they're convinced that the house... Hmm. They're saying that uh, the ex-boyfriend of one of the girls is not... Uh, has been ruled out. Uh, the people in the house have been ruled out. Uh, the guy who, or guy or gal, I don't know who it was, that drove the girls home has been ruled out. It's, it's, it is really baffling. And, and I also just, I cannot understand how somebody could, you know, go into the bedroom, see all that blood and think they were just asleep. 874 Toll-free number 800-529-5572. If you're in law enforcement or a detective, uh, Springfield, Columbia, Jeff City, if you've got a theory, well, I'd love to hear that from you, too. All right, we're up against the clock. We're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we'll come back, grab your phone calls, read your messages. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 20 minutes after 9 o'clock, glad to have you with us, uh, glad to be with you, and uh, this Boise uh, murder, autopsies performed on the four uh, University of Idaho students, which include a Washington man found dead inside uh, a rental house near the campus, showed all four were stabbed to death, uh, according to the coroner. Uh, the killings have uh, shaken uh, Moscow and Idaho Panhandle College town of 25,000. So they were all stabbed. Nobody heard anything. Um, one response I got was from Keith. He said, if you're passed out drunk at 2 in the morning, you might not hear a thing. At that point, it would be easy to silence individual response once one of the people in the room is dead and go on to the next victim. I don't know. I think if you're in bed with somebody and they're getting stabbed, you're going to make a lot of noise. Um, uh, it just it something doesn't something doesn't make sense, and, and I can't put my finger on it. Uh, so let me go to the phones eight seven four ninety three ninety toll free eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. If you've got a theory, uh, Jack is first in line. Jack, welcome. How are you? Hey, I am doing just fine. I'm listening to your conversation. I kind of like what Keith had to say about passed out drunk, but I have a family member that takes a sleeping pill. And I'm often worried about this person because they go to sleep, they can't remember anything, they can't hear anything. Is it possible that somebody knew these people and, and drugged them and then went in? 
I would think the autopsy would report that they were that they were drugged, and they were they, they weren't all in the same place. They didn't all start off at the, you know at the same bar or anything like that. As far as I know, they. Uh, it, it, okay, it, I hadn't followed it, so I didn't know enough on it. But when I was listening to you, I, I thought about that with this family member. I thought, man, it, anybody could walk in the house and do anything they wanted, and they would never know. Yeah, does it? Does it? Uh, am I alone in this, or does it not make sense that there would be that much blood and somebody think they're passed out, or that nobody would hear anything, uh, or that they don't have bloody footprints going out the door? Uh, it doesn't something feels like it's missing here? Unless it was planned impeccably. Yeah, uh, that's that's a possibility. And you'd have to dress and undress for the occasion. It would be quite the quite the task. You're right. It would be an impeccably uh, planned uh, murder. Jack, thank That's you for the call. I, you're welcome. Have a great day. All right, you too. Take care. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, let's see here. At this point, as a civilian, I just shrug my shoulders and say, there are a lot of nuts out there. And let the police do their job. As for me and my family, we live in a rural area. I've got a large dog and a large gun. Well, Becky, that's that's a step in the right direction. Having a large gun uh, definitely helps, and the and the dog too. I don't know. There's it's just uh, something. Uh, the um, the coroner said that it was a large knife that would have had to have been used in the stabbings. Uh, added that there was a fair amount of blood. The coroner said it's unknown who was attacked first and said it's possible some wounds on the bodies were defensive. Um, so far, they, they apparently have no suspect. Officers haven't identified a suspect or found a blade that was used to stab the students. Um, the local newspaper uh, reported the police are searching for a military-style knife in connection with the killings. Uh, let's see what else they know here. Um, they were all University of Idaho students, members of fraternities and sororities. Uh, did the killer or killers know the victim? It's unclear. Police said uh, evidence found at the scene leads them to believe the students were targeted, though they haven't given details. Well, a targeted attack is often an indication the killer and victim knew each other on some level. Police have said they have no idea who committed these crimes. Investigators do say nothing appears to have been stolen from the home. Uh, police haven't said whether any of them reported any unusual activity or otherwise expressed safety concerns before the attack. Um, who else is in the home? Two other people were found in the sprawling house unharmed. Um, when a reporter referred to the surviving roommates as witnesses... Uh, they, uh, the authorities said, I don't think I ever said they were witnesses. I said they were there. There's no sign of forced entry at the house, according to the chief of police. The door was found open by the first police officers to arrive. Um, two of them were seen at a party on campus Saturday night. And two of them were at a downtown bar and arrived home sometime after 1.45 Sunday. Uh, they were seen in a Twitch live stream getting food from a local truck. 
I mean, it just seems like something is missing. Something is missing. I'll bet the Internet is, I'll bet there are websites set up where people are digging around and coming up with uh, their versions of what might have happened. But they were all, they were all stabbed. They weren't, you know, if they were drugged, you'd have known it. It'd be unlikely that um, two of them, uh, that all four of them would be drugged. I don't know. It's it just there seems must be like some DNA left at the scene. I mean, it would be really hard unless you're completely covered in a suit, or you know, unless these people weren't fighting back at all. Something under their fingernails, anything. Yeah, you would think a fingerprint. I I don't know. I I don't know. There's probably stuff they're not telling us. They probably do have something, but uh, who knows? This is bizarre. It's just a bizarre case. It really is. And I have, um, I've, uh, it, it feels like there's something missing, and I don't know what it is. 874-9390, toll-free numbers, 800-529-5572. We have so much more. Uh, Ted Cruz, uh, arguing for uh, Georgia, uh, says that uh, if Raphael Warnock wins, the Democrats are one vote away from ending the filibuster. I don't think that's true. Um I, I think uh, with the Republicans in control of the House, that won't be a problem. But wait, uh, there's more. We've got more. Uh, a story in the, uh, as we lovingly call it, the uh, Columbia Spittoon about occupational licensing. Uh, we'll chat about that today. That's on the list. In Alaska, ranked choice voting worked. That's what they're saying at Reason Magazine. I think it did, too. We'll kick that around as well. Uh, let me get uh, Mike in here on the uh, on the murders. Mike, welcome. How are you? Hey, um, I think there was probably two assailants, not one. Uh, I don't know where the blood trails were, but I'm guessing there was two. They did it simultaneously. Uh, downstairs probably doesn't mean just downstairs in the house. It probably means downstairs in the basement. Uh, you know, college kids cram every room full of, full of people. And they could have been sleeping with fans on or TV, so they didn't hear. That's also you watch those twenty-four hour shows when they solve cold cases after twenty years. Yeah, a third of the, a third of the time they have already interviewed the assailant twenty years before and cleared the person because their alibi checked out, and the alibi was a liar. That happens almost on half of these unsolved murders. They've already they've already interviewed them. You think they've already? Yeah, that's entirely. I watched those forty-hour cold cases that they solve, and half the time it's a person that's been a suspect but cleared. All right, uh, good point, and and you're right. I've I've seen that happen on TV on, on those uh, forty-eight hours, whatever they call those TV shows. All right, Mike, yeah. thank you for the call. Glad to have you. Figured out. Yeah. All right, yeah. Oh, so thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Sarah Palin's attempted political comeback was foiled by voters in Alaska who re-elected Mary Petolda, a Democrat, to the state's lone seat in the House of Representatives. It was voters who picked her, not the system. Well, we'll talk about ranked choice voting because I like it. That's next. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. Frank Choice voting. Uh, the Republicans are saying this cost Sarah Palin the race in Alaska. I will tell you that it, Alaska's ranked choice voting is not exactly the way I would do it. And I'm going to have to start from scratch and, and cover some ground that I've covered in the past. Uh, it is 935. Glad to have you with us. First of all, I oppose primaries. Uh, I've said this over and over again. Uh, this leads to no end of screwing around with the other party. Uh, Democrats did it to Republicans. Uh, Republicans have done it to Democrats. You know, go vote for the other guy for the worst candidate in the primary. Uh, none of that would happen if you did what the libertarians generally do, and that is have a state convention, let the delegates choose the candidate, and then go to the general election. That's the way it should be done. The system that we have now, for instance, here in Missouri, is corrupt because taxpayers are paying for uh, for uh, a private organization to choose their nominee. It shouldn't be a, a, a function of, of the election. It should be done at the state level uh, by the the states, uh, you know, when, when they get their delegates together. That's how they should choose their candidates. That's my only problem with Alaska's program. The way Alaska's uh, thing works, everybody is in at the same time, Democrats and Republicans, and you can vote your favorite candidate uh, and second favorite third for rank choice. Uh, the, the problem with that is uh, you can eliminate one party or the other completely. I'm not a fan of that. I would rather the primaries be done, like I said, at the state conventions, and then have ranked choice voting. And then you can say, I like this candidate most. They may not have the greatest chance, but I get to vote my conscience. I get to say that, uh, you know, this is the guy that I really, or gal, that I really, really want to see win. Failing that, I'll, I'll go back and vote for the Democrat, or I'll go back and vote for the Republican. And if that Democrat or Republican doesn't achieve the majority of votes, then, you know, here's my third choice. There is nothing wrong with doing that. Republicans seem to be the ones... Uh, most angry about it. But ranked choice voting is a good idea. Again, I don't like it for a primary. I don't think there should be a primary. I don't understand the uh, the unwillingness of Democrats and Republicans to have a state convention and pick their own candidate without me having to underwrite the price for it. That said... When you're having that general election, you can have Democrats and Greens and Republicans and Libertarians, and they can all be on the ballot, and you get to pick. Right now, what happens is, you, and, and I hear this from you all the time, well, I'd vote Libertarian, but the Democrat might get in. Or I'd vote uh, Green, but the, the Republican might get in. Doesn't this solve a problem? Doesn't this eliminate that? Because you're not the only one. If you're one, you know, if, if this is your attitude, you know, I'm going to vote Republican instead of Libertarian, or I'm going to vote uh, Democrat instead of Green, uh, because I'm afraid the other guy's going to get in. 
you don't have to worry about that anymore. You got ranked choice voting in the general election. You can say, that's the one I want most. My heart is really here with that candidate. And, and I'm going to vote for that candidate first. And then my second choice will be, you know, the, the, uh, the second party. Perfect. You get exactly, you know, in, in order of your preference, the candidate that you want. I like it. 874-9390, toll free, 800-529-5572. Sarah Palin lost because voters didn't make her the first choice. It's, it's, it's just, I think, a much better a much better uh, system. Uh, let me go to the phones. 874-9390, toll free, 800-529-5572. Mike is on in Columbia. Mike, welcome. How are you? I'm good, Gary. How are you doing this morning? I too am well. Hey, I'm glad to hear it. Hey, I, I agree with you 100%, buddy. Um, the past the post voting is an archaic system that we have had in this country for far too long. Um, it is a... It is a mentality that you explained just earlier, saying, "Well, the Republican might get in, or the Democrat get in, might get in, so we're not going to vote another party." That is, it's a terrible way of thinking. It's a terrible way of doing the system. Uh, the rank system is absolutely the best. I've actually watched a documentation. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> on on our voting system and what actually is the best voting system for it. And while there are still flaws with the ranked voting system, it is actually a way better system of doing it. However, nobody's ever going to allow this to happen because, as we've discussed before, Gary, it's not about wins for the people. It's about wins for the party. They do not care about the people. They only care about the party and the wins they get for the party. So I highly doubt that any Democrat or any Republican is ever going to endorse this because why bother? We need to keep our party in power. We're not going to let other parties come into power. Can you imagine, can you imagine what would happen in Congress if you had four or five different parties? Oh, my God, it'd be great. Wouldn't it would be it? fantastic. We, we, would, we would get so much more done because they would be forced to work with each other other than this whole polarized thing where it's like, no, I can't work with you. You're a Democrat. Even if you have a good idea, I can't work with you. Uh, you're a Republican. Even if your idea is good, it doesn't matter. They, they, it, it's not about what's best for the people. Tulsi Gabbard said it best on Joe Rogan. It's not about what's best for the people. It's about wins for the party. And yep. they, they will literally shove you to two different sections of Congress when on like on orientation day. That's what they do. They shove you over to the other side and they say, Hey, you don't work with you don't work with the Democrats because it's not about them. It's wins for the party. And if you want to be on any of these special committees, you better not go work for these people or go work with them. Yeah. So that's how many men on the field. System. Yeah. Terrible exactly. system, Gary. All right. I appreciate you and I, I agree with you hundred percent, buddy. Have Thanks, a good one. Mike. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572, or you can go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message there. But I think that is a much better system. I think the Democrats and the Republicans are terrified if we went to rank choice in the general election. Because that would eliminate their hold. And it, it, it might, you know, it might take a little while for people to get used to it. But once that happens, once they realize that they then have the power to choose who they think is the best candidate versus the least dangerous candidate, I think you're going to start seeing some third-party involvement. Historically, we have had a lot of third parties in this country. 
you roll back the clock to the turn of the the, the uh, 20th century, and you've, you've got uh, Democrats and Republicans and bull moose and all, all kinds of different political parties. And they have slowly but surely eliminated that and turned us into a two-party system. And, you know, I'm of the mentality that I'm not going to vote for the lesser of two evils. I'm going to vote for the candidate that I want, period. The one who will really make a difference versus the one who I'll prefer over the other guy. Just based on, you know, the two-party system. But it's hard to convince people to stand uh, stand on, uh, on principle and do that. Uh, Republicans are screaming... Ranked choice is not good. I guarantee you the Democrats will, will start screaming that when they start losing races, too. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. Oh, yeah, we've got much more. Occupational licensing. Uh, there's a, a piece uh, in the uh, Columbia Spittoon about occupational licensing. And I've got a question for you. Find out what you think. That's next. The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. I find it frustrating, even irritating, that the government should offer up any kind of occupational licensing. Good morning. It is uh, uh, 9.50, and uh, the story is in the uh, Columbia Spittoon, as we lovingly call it. One of the uh, biggest problems impacting the growth of America's economy Equitable access to entrepreneurship and workforce development is childcare. Wendy Doyle uh, put uh, has this up, and I I just I get so frustrated. These government bureaucrats argue that in order to keep your kids safe, we need to regulate this industry, and they 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 regulate increasingly greater numbers of industries. And child care is one of them. And they come up with all these minimums that you have to, uh, you know, you have to have this fire extinguisher and uh, CPR training and uh, you know, nutritional. I don't know what all they make them get uh, all kinds of training. And it's not inexpensive. And it is time consuming. And then you get to pay for a license and you have the state come in and inspect you, and, and uh, eventually you can open up your business. And you can provide daycare for working parents. I would prefer that the government be completely out of it. And I can tell you right now the arguments that I'm going to hear from people. Well, so-and-so uh, you know, did something horrible to these kids, uh, or... Uh, how do I know my kids are going to be safe if you take away licensing or, um, you know, uh, we've got to have somebody protecting our children and, and the government is the one to, to do it. Well, here's the thing. You're, you're taking away choice. You're taking away my choice when you have government licensing of child care or any other occupation. So if you go through the license, if it's voluntary, if it's voluntary, and I jump through all the hoops, I pay the college tuition or whatever I have to do for training, and I go through everything, and I get, you know, pay the state, and I get my 
my uh, certificate from the state, I'm going to have to charge you more because it costs me more. But you could be reassured that, you know, this is a safe place to leave your kid. You'll pay more for it, but you have, you know, reasonably, uh, you have reasonably determined that this is, this is an investment you're willing to make. You're willing to pay the extra money because I've gotten certified by the state. And I'm good with that if it's voluntary. But on the other hand, if, you know, somebody in the neighborhood wants to stay home with their kids and they say, you know what, here's what I'm going to do so I can stay home with my kids. I'll let you pay me X number of dollars a day and I'll watch your kids. And it's going to be a lot less expensive than going to the guy up the street who has the government certificate. Now you get to choose. Do I want to spend the extra money or do I want the better price? And if I choose the better price, maybe it's somebody I know. Maybe it's my next door neighbor and I know how well they'll, they'll treat my child. I get to choose. It's not a matter of protecting your kids. It's really a matter of protecting the industry. The people who do this make it difficult for anybody to compete. It drives up their prices. It secures their marketplace. And, you know, they get to be the omnipotent one who says, yes, you can go into business. No, you can't. It's not about protecting your kids. And it's completely, in my mind, evil to take away that chance, uh, that choice. I get to choose. You can't do that on your own. Sorry. Why? Well, because you're too stupid. And that's how they get you. Somebody out there will be too stupid. And so we have to protect you. So now we license everything. Lawyers, doctors, bartenders, tavern owners, hair braiders, hair braiders, <laughs> uh, lacticians. Remember yesterday's story about uh, the uh, women uh, in Georgia who help uh, new mothers to, uh, to breastfeed? <laughs> Can't I mean, for up. crying out loud, yeah, I'm not making that up if you were listening yesterday. Everything is licensed, and choice goes away. I don't think there should be licensing at the government level, and I know people find this hard to believe, but not for anything. Literally, for no occupation. You could be a surgeon... And not have a license from the state, in my mind. Uh, let, me, let me explain how this works. The American Medical Association, they may have requirements. You have to take so many classes, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to pay, we get to inspect, blah, blah, blah. You do all that, and then the AMA says, you're a certified surgeon. You've got the facilities, the equipment, the training, everything... Here's your certificate. We're going to have a copy of this on our website uh, if anybody wants to look you up. And then you can charge a little bit more for your service because you've been certified. Well, maybe somebody else, maybe, maybe somebody who's been in the military, who's had some training, 
can perform appendectomies. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. And is, is competent, but doesn't go through all the licensing requirements. And they charge a lot less. I'm going to take a chance. I don't have a lot of money. Rather than letting this, whatever this malady is, linger, I'll go take a chance on this guy who's not licensed. Those are choices I get to make. Now let's look at the worst, the worst thing that could happen. Some uh, sadist who has no training at all hangs out a shingle and says, I can perform an appendectomy. Well, it wouldn't take long for that person to be in a lot of trouble. If they don't know what they're doing, there's going to be, they're going to be stopped in their tracks. First, who's going to go to them? They have no history, no background. I mean, it, it, it's unlikely that this would turn into a major problem, but it is likely that it would lower the price of health care lower the price of legal fees, lower the cost of education, all of these things that the government licenses would become less expensive because of the competition. And I would have choices. How much time do I have, Brian? Where am I at? You have a little bit more than a minute. All right, let me get Tyler in very quickly. Tyler, welcome. How are you? Good. How are you, Gary? I am well, thank you. So I, I tend to agree with you on the licensing. Um, back when we were looking for daycares for my oldest son, um, we went and toured, you know, in a day, a bunch of daycares. Even without licensing, which daycares that I wanted to take my son to just by who they, you know, who they employed, how their facilities looked, all their safety procedures, everything, just by a simple walkthrough. And honestly, these days, I almost trust internet reviews of certain areas over any kind of licensing because i mean give it what two months if people not being happy they'll go to the internet and start yelling about it and yeah that's more reputable in my opinion um and and when we finally found some place that was somewhat licensed every time they got a new license the price just went up yeah. so it costs so much money just to put our son through daycare because it was a quote-unquote very reputable very well-licensed daycare, and it almost broke us. It's ridiculous. Look online at any of the major big-box stores or anybody that retails uh, to buy an appliance or something like that, and what do you see? It's being rated by people who have purchased the product, and it's an indicator. You don't need a license. You're absolutely right. Tyler, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on The Gary Nolan Show or on this next on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show.